Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. quick announcement it is day two of our 10-day challenge and I'm super excited for all the beautiful women who signed up and are ready to take control even if it's just taking the first steps or committing to the next level whatever it is I'm really excited for you guys and it's going to be an amazing well nine days now if you missed out uh don't fret i am going to run another one um starting may 13th so mark it into your calendar obviously i'll talk about it before we start remember you can also go download the free top three things that i recommend you do to increase your chances of getting pregnant um, that is free over on the website which is at www.findingfertility.co there's lots of things going on over at the website so go and check it out and without further ado let's get to today's episode um, today, we are talking about explaining unexplained infertility. Do you think that unexplained infertility is still a big thing out there? Or do you think that there's um, people are catching on to some of the underlying root causes of unexplained infertility? I still think people are, are identifying with the diagnosis of unexplained. They're extremely frustrated. They don't know what to do. And they've gone through, you know, years of failed, failed cycles typically. And then they're finding the functional side. I still think that to me, that diagnosis of, it's not even a diagnosis. It's just unexplained is, is, I don't know. That's where the conventional side of medicine has failed. If yeah. you're getting that diagnosis, it's the conventional side. It, it, it won't give you answers. To dig into the functional side, you're going to find your solution as to what's been missed. Because I don't think in the functional approach, unexplained is not unexplained infertility. Yeah, you, you don't stop there, right? Like you don't say, oh, I can't explain okay. your I issues, you. so we'll stop. <laughs> it's no. um, okay, let's look somewhere else. Let's go deeper. What's like your emotional state like? Yeah, you just keep digging, right? Until you go that's what the pinpoint let's work from there and let's like foster that area of your your healing and your growth yeah um i have a really like kind of fucked up mindset that i <laughs> i try to work at because i feel like if i know the whole world should know right like i feel like because i know that unexplained infertility is unacceptable and there's actually so many different um root causes of unexplained infertility that the doctor should know that like this is not hidden this is not something that i found myself and <laughs> i like so i i really struggle with um that diagnosis still i'm just like one it was unacceptable um let's say 10 20 years ago when the science wasn't there right we still didn't have the science that you know really linked autoimmune issues um you know gut health with unexplained infertility but now it's there now i feel like there's no excuse for unexplained infertility i mean granted i do think there are some cases that um the science hasn't answered unexplained infertility but um i think that's very very rare and 
yeah, I, I still get really frustrated that you know women come to us and you know over on Instagram and it's just like yeah five years of unexplained infertility and I'm just like really still? yeah then we look we look down the blood chemistry panel and are we do a blood cam probably like you like not to diagnose but to educate and like oh wait has any, anyone even looked at a full thyroid panel including antibodies we see people coming in with you know undiagnosed autoimmune disease or um all, oh sorry uh, all sorts of other, got my crystal I'm holding on to. Um, yeah, all sorts of other issues going on in the, in, the, in the blood cam. So looking at the stressors, is there a gut infection with unexplained infertility? We see gut infections, multiple parasites, worms, bacterial infections. We see food sensitivities. Every person that comes to me tells me they do not have a food sensitivity. And I'm going to tell you the majority of people do. And it's not forever. Unexplained, there is usually... Like we're seeing um, a, high, a high sensitivity to gluten, so non-celiac gluten sensitivity. It is not just about going gluten-free. Like if you have a high sensitivity to gluten, you need to take it out of your house completely and really look at cross-reactors cross and dig into that huge. So that's something that's been being missed. Just did a podcast episode um, that I released um, just re recently talking about toxins and fertility. So the air we're breathing, the water we're drinking, the... The, the, the blue light we're being exposed to, the sound, um, the, the sound, so all this, you know, sound coming at us, we're not getting good sleep, and, and EMFs. So all of those are stressors on the body, let alone the mental, emotional side of things. And then also for unexplained can be uh, scar tissue or, or adhesions. This episode was totally cool with um, um, a couple from Clear Passages talking about adhesions or scar tissue. So if you've had surgery, car accidents, um, bladder infections, fibroids, endometriosis, there could be adhesions or scar tissue in your body. And maybe that's why you're not getting pregnant. So there's a whole host of things and like, it's not to overwhelm, but it's like, to me, it's empowering. And then you're like, damn, I can, I can dig further and see what that is. And also blood sugar imbalance. So lots, lots of things. Unexplained is not unexplained in the functional realm. And if you're, you're the, the conventional doctor, unless they're trained in this, they don't know. And it's, 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 it's not their fault. They're, they're trained, you know, your, your, your RE is highly trained to do what he or she is doing with, with IVF or IUI. Your OBGYN is highly trained to do what she or he is doing. So um, that's why it's to have the team and you're in the center. Because if you have unexplained infertility, I've never had anybody that comes over and tells me it's just unex unexplained infertility. Like there's other health issues that are being missed. Like there's there's clues. Like those clues are right there. So it's important to to listen. Hundred um, percent. I just want to say I was a little overwhelmed by all the shit you just said. Woo! So anyone who is listening to this and is just like, holy shit, where do I start? Um, it's just starting small, right? And that's why you work with someone who can piece this all together for you because it is really overwhelming. And um, I would say from a personal experience that you don't have to do everything, right? You have to find your main inflammations that are happening in your body and take control of those first. And then all your other things that are maybe contributing and adding up, you tackle those. Um, so it is literally not about going to get an air purifier, going to get a water purifier, going to get organic, going to do this, going to do that. And because it's so, super overwhelming. And um, as much as we 
um, you do just little by little and you start controlling little things at once, you know, like for me, I never had, I, I filtered my water, my drinking water, but I never filtered my shower water or my, um, my water from my tap that I cooked with. I never had an air purifier in my house during my infertility journey. These are things I do now, but I was doing so many other things that um, I think sometimes your brain switches off, you know, with all like everything that's going on and that's fine. It's just really important to be focusing on, you know, finding your top stressors and then adding all those little things that add up, right? They are important. They do add up, especially um, if you do have unexplained infertility and you're like, well, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, anyone feeling super overwhelmed by the list of shit that could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> a hug. It's, it's okay. It's to me, it's to look at the blood chemistry, right? To do a blood chem review. We look at the levels through the, the lens of functional, the, the, the functional reference ranges, which are for healthy people. And the, the conventional medicine um, will look at um, reference ranges for people with disease. So the healthy reference ranges will flag it earlier. And it really gives us clues. Is there potential gut infections? Is there, um, you know, why is your vitamin D low? We see that regularly, but vitamin D and the the single digits that are in the teens, it should be 60 to 80 for the, for the functional range. Um, why is your, why is your B12 high, which could be your, maybe you're excreting it. Why is your ferritin off? Like why, 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 why? So that's a good place to start. And then, and then from that, you can dig into, to me, with starting with the elimination diet, having you and your partner. And this is not just about, if it's unexplained, it's for both. It's not just the woman, it's the, the man as well doing the doing you know elimination diet and digging in further and doing this together and we see couples passing infections back and forth so to me it's like start with the blood cam both do the elimination diet and then systematically work on some of those stressors and it's not about you yeah going out and you know the, the you know using a, a brita water filter although not perfect is fine for now it is not about stressing out about all your personal care and their cleaning products throwing them in the garbage no like as each each one of those expires then you can get you can get a non-toxic option but it is doing it slowly but systematically yeah giving yourself time to breathe and readjust because this is going to be a whole new lifestyle that you're living mm -hmm. you know you uh, you know you're changing so many habits and routines that you identify with um we don't realize how much we are um creatures of habits and how much we attach to brands and um you know it's not like you go to the cookie aisle and buy a different type of cookie every week you go back for the same one over and over again um because yeah, like we talk with the with sorry just with the patients thing i always doing things quickly i used to go to the grocery store and i'd whip shit in, a, in my in my grocery like my cart and just go but as you start changing all these products out and these things over time, it's like, oh my goodness, this takes forever in the beginning. And yes. then you can slowly get back to whipping it in the cart. But in the beginning, you're reading labels. You're, <laughs> that's why it's important. You know, oh, important. It, it does take longer. It seems a little bit. But if like, doing this, you can restore your health and help yourself get pregnant naturally. Like in the grand scheme of things, having a healthy pregnancy, a healthy baby, a great postpartum period, to me, it's very empowering and um, amazing that we, we can do this while making these choices. 
Yeah. And it's, um, it's funny how we look at all the inconvenience of functional medicine, because it is, there's a lot of inconvenience, you're changing a lot of things, but it's not inconvenient to do a round of IVF when you have to travel sometimes hours to a clinic for a specific time mm. and the testing and the blood work and the scans and like, Jesus Christ, how inconvenient is that? Right. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of, go ahead. I was just saying shifting your mindset. You know, like infertility is inconvenient. Which one would you rather do? Spend your time, you know, healing your body and fixing yourself and becoming a better mom that you didn't even realize that you can be or spend your time in the clinic and praying that it, it works because it's not always a guarantee there. Yeah. 30% success rate average for IVF, taking three cycles at a cost of 60 K. So um, it's there for you, but to, you know, our, our approach is it's my approach is it's the last step, not the first. Yeah. And I love your, uh, your couples coaching. I don't do couples coaching, um, because I'm like, I, the male side, I feel like is so different to the female side, but with every client that comes to me, they're always like, my husband's sperm is fine. And I was like, yeah, so was mine. My husband was fine. Um, and it's like, I was talking to my husband about this other day. He's like, oh, those are like the, is it Geico commercials that are like just fine? Like the doctor comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm average. And the patients are looking like, well, we don't want you if you're just average. Like, do you, like why are we using the word fine with sperm? Like, yeah. we don't want to be fine. And like you just mentioned the conventional, um, like, what is it called? The region, <laughs> I'm having a brain fart of the, um, the zones of, you know, being within fine, right? Oh, the functional reference ranges. Yeah, the reference ranges. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So the reference ranges for sperm is probably super like shifted to the left because like if they keep it at a higher level, what it should be, most people wouldn't be fine. They would be out of them. And uh, my husband had to change up his diet with me because I couldn't do it alone. It was something that we did together and he got another sperm sample and he was, he improved by the millions. Mm. So just being fine is not okay. Right. It's not, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Not optimal. I guess it's okay. But, um, and also what I find with clients too, is that even though their husband's sperm is fine, their husband is dealing with a lot of stress. They aren't eating, you know, the optimal diet for them or even like halfway, right? Like, and it is, there is a lot of coaching of like, is your husband doing this with you? Is he putting in some practices? You know, so it is, it is, there's two people making this baby, right? And when it comes down to it, we both, the mom and the dad, need to give as much as possible to creating you know, their little offspring. So yeah, I definitely agree that it's not all just down to us women to put in the hard work to improve the situation. Um, yeah, I, um, I remember when my husband's, his very first sperm count came back and um, he was trying in the nicest possible way to be like, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> just like... Oh, fuck. Where's the alcohol at that stage? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like, I literally, that's why I have the thing where every time a, a man tells me his sperm is fine, like there's always things we can do using the functional approach to improve his health. 
it's never like we haven't had a blood chemistry re review that comes back and we're like, wow, everything is perfect, even when the sperm is supposedly quote unquote fine. Like there's things we can do. And even, even if it is all fine, the emotional side of it, how this is, you know, infertility has impacted the relationship, their social life, all aspects of their life, of the couple's life, that's equally as important. And maybe of, of like a male partner may not be able, they don't have usually are not joining Instagram or, you know, creating anonymous profiles on Instagram or chat groups or Facebook groups. They're typically not talking to their friends about this. They talk to no one about it. This is generalizing, but it is to, you know, they are equally hurting. Yeah. And so having, having, you know, having the male partner there to be able to, sometimes they haven't even talked about what, how it's impacting him because he's just, he's really wants to support her. I talk to couples all the time, what, you know, whatever, you know, whatever she wants, I'll do whatever she wants. Yeah. And that's the, the, always the encouragement. If your husband is not willing to do it, cause there's just sometimes the husbands aren't willing to do it is just being, I always say, um, they will see the improvements of you. You know, you might not be as bitchy or moody towards yeah. them. And I know for me, that was a, that was a big thing. Even though I did make my husband do the diet, I said, if you don't do this with me, then I'm not having kids with you. I'm not doing IVF again. So yeah, maybe I did pull a bitch move, but it just, that's how it was going to be. But he, he started seeing the improvements as well, not only within me, but within in himself. And that like made him go more and more and want to do it more. Yeah, my um, husband is the one at work telling, he's like the go-to person at work to ask all these questions. <laughs> They're like, Craig, uh, what's this? And he'll be like, blah, 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 blah. And then, I'll, then he'll tell me about the thing. And I'm like, oh, well, tell them this. And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, just, just being that person to start it. And um, I, I think there is a lot of like subconscious influence that goes on. So even though it's harder, I feel like it is harder when your partner isn't doing it with you, especially if they're fine and you have the unexplained infertility. Um, but I would say that's, I want to say that's a small portion of men. I think most men would put in a bit of effort if they're seeing you change up so much and especially if you are doing any kind of treatment seeing you go through all that treatment you know that they would have that compassion and change up a few things or try to improve a few things yeah to me if the partner's on board or if you've, you've got to go and then say you know i got to talk to my partner about this and try to convince them uh, i don't know like yeah that either you guys are both on, on board with making the changes or that's a whole other conversation in, you know, in your relationship as to, well, why are we at different, like we're not agreeing on how we want to pursue this. Maybe he wants IVF and you want functional. I, I don't see that working. There has to be like either what you guys want to do together because the functional approach is, is it's with your partner. Yeah. You guys doing it together. Yeah. And, um, I think that when one person goes into a functional approach and does it, with their whole heart, um, you actually change as a person and some absolutely change, right? Completely. And sometimes your partner is not going to like it if they're not on board and like maybe coming with you. Um, they're like, Whoa, Hey, what happened to our Friday nights getting drunk together? Whoa, Hey, what happened to the cookies in the cupboard? Like, you know, so yeah, there could be a really big disconnect if, like you say, one person goes one way and one person goes the other way. Um, 
so it's definitely a conversation to have. So unexplained infertility, we definitely agree, is um, basically a diagnosis that you get when your doctor just doesn't know anymore and it's out of their realm of knowledge. And like you say, it's not their fault. They are highly educated and trained in what they know and they do it probably amazingly well, I would hope most doctors are. Um, it is this new information, I suppose. Like I always do some, well, I do some posts on Instagram talking about how, you know, some of our solid ingrained medical facts nowadays were hocus pocus back in the day. Um, I forget the doctor's name, but it was a Scottish doctor who figured out the uh, connection with, um, sterilizing your equipment, your environment, the patient, um, and the connection to that and all the diseases. So back in the 1800s, you know, going into a surgery was, you were highly likely going to die. And um, in my research in this, it took 10 years, 10 years from that doctor, I think, publishing one paper or starting to talk about it to all of society's medical field going, oh yeah, this is actually a thing and we should be sterilizing our instruments and having a clean environment when we do surgery. And nowadays you you would like be like, well, the fuck, I ain't going in there unless you sterilize that thing, right? So our knowledge of, you know, medicine is, I guess, I guess that's history. I mean, wasn't more, um, yeah, morphine like a common and morphine that they just used to give everyone and now it's like mm -hmm. but I, i've heard it's basically like 20 years for it to make it to for the studies to then make it to being a thing so right now if we're 20 years out from functional approach and the functional approach has been around longer than just now yeah but you know if and there's studies coming out proving the effort the efficacy of this approach do we want to wait 20 years before someone's like, so the FDA approves it or some, you know, every doctor is now practicing this. Whereas there's a whole grassroots movement of, of doctors, you know, no longer wanting to prescribe, wanting to get to the root cause of, of going here. Do we want to wait until woohoo, everyone, you know, if we, we, we go to all these popular sites and being told this is the way, I don't know if we need to, why do we need to wait? The, the information's here now. Yeah. I, my heart breaks when you say 20 years because that is a whole generation of children that have massively been impacted by our ill health. I mean, we did um, a whole month of epigenetics on the podcast and um, yeah, it matters, right? That, that it matters to get healthy before explain your unexplained infertility. I know I've said this before, but I get so many more questions about what was your diagnosis and what medication did you use to fix it? And even women, so like going so far as my doctor won't prescribe that for me because either he doesn't believe in the autoimmune like connection or he doesn't want to prescribe me, that to me because he doesn't agree. There's no, there's no studies on the long-term effects of all these immune suppressing drugs on our own born children, which I agree with. So they're like, how do I go get steroids myself and take them unassisted? And I'm like, whoa, don't fucking do that because steroids are the most fucked up thing you can be on 
you know, like you have to carry a card. I used to have a bracelet. So if you got like hurt or injured, like your, um, your doctors, the ER doctors would know you were on steroids and that you would have to have that medication or wean you off. It gives you insomnia. It fucks with your gut. Like it is not a drug to be like self-prescribing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. Little rant there. (laughs) But um, um, yeah, it's just super important that you know, trying to explain your unexplained infertility through functional medicine. Um, You know, and some people, I think this is why you get those people out there saying like, oh, it's just one of those things. It just happens. Like, oh, you hear all the time people doing IVF and then getting pregnant naturally is because no one really figured out what their root cause was. They didn't do all these certain specific steps to get there, but they were making changes. They were doing things and they got pregnant naturally. And they say, well, it's just one of those things you just hear. It's like, well, no, the science just hasn't explained it. You didn't have anyone figure it out and meticulously get you to, you know, a natural pregnancy. There is a root cause and there are things that you can do. So I hope that yeah, makes sense. About the, people talking about the miracle, but meeting the miracle part, like more than halfway. Like it, it's, there's a lot of times, many times people haven't done, done anything, but, or maybe they might've. Maybe they have worked on their stress. You hear many times of, we talked about this, of people going on vacation and getting pregnant. That's not what we advocate for. Obviously, we've had people that, you know, do the program and have vacation and get pregnant, but, but, but they've done all sorts of other changes too. You know, the, 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 the foundational, looking at all the stressors. So I think it's to kind of, um, you know, dig, well, with unexplained, it's really important to dig deeper. The functional approach definitely offers solutions that are, it's empowering to know there's things you can do because typically with unexplained, there's, you, you don't know what to do and it's, and you can feel hopeless and, um, you know, nowhere to turn. And I know we've talked about this on the talk show about like, um, when you get a diagnosis of of unexplained, it's almost kind of empowering because you can go anywhere, right? And you're willing to try anything. So even if you don't necessarily believe in like functional medicine or that your gut is the root cause of your infertility, um, for me, I was like, I'm willing, right? I've seen a witch doctor. (laughs) I've stood on my head. I've done IVF. Why not try this? And obviously for me, it opened my eyes to a lot of different things. It, you know, I found my root cause and I fixed it. Um, So yeah, it is, you know, looking at the unexplained and anyone who is listening to this that doesn't have unexplained and has have a diagnosis of, you know, kind of any infertility like PCOS, endometriosis, you know, low AMH, it's the same for you. You have a lot of control within the way you choose your diet and your lifestyle and, you know, you do have that control and you can reverse a lot of these, you know, conditions that doctors are like, nope, there's nothing I can do for you. Yeah. It's important not to get myopically focused on the diagnosis. That's not where you need to be. Not like, oh, in there on the low AMH that it's never going to work. Well, wait, what else is going on in the body? And looking back at those stressors that we talked about, the gut infections, the food sensitivities, the environmental toxins, the mental, emotional, and the structural stress, like what's been missed. Let's dig in, start, start with the blood chem review see, you know, again, not to, not to diagnose, but to educate, to see what's been missed. And it's, so you really get to know your numbers. So we've got to talk to people. Most, you know, people don't even know if they've had a full, a full thyroid panel. 
oh, I don't know, what, what is my number? You know, like those are things you, you need to know about your health. It's not just to give it over to the person in the white coat. You need to be in charge of getting, getting your information. It's your body. Yeah, definitely. And it is, um, I would say that's probably one of the most common things other than gut health, you know, not linking your thyroid issues to your infertility is just so um, missed. And yeah, you see these people with, you know, not necessarily thyroid issues, they're not on medication, but they have the antibodies. And I'm like, if that's come up in a test, <laughs> that is something to deal with. Yeah. But. yeah, dig into that piece. Yeah, like either, either undiagnosed Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism. We see this regularly and people being told their TSH is normal and it's out of three or four, where it should be for functional range two or 1.5. So, and it's not just a TSH looking at the full panel. And, and so it is, it is to dig deeper. Yeah, definitely. Well, I hope this has um, helped anyone dealing with unexplained infertility to give you the strength to, you know, dig deep and find your root cause. And, you know, you have the power, you have the power to, you know, explain your unexplained infertility, or even if we, you know, you don't get a clear cut explanation that you can do things um, with all your little symptoms and they add up and your fertility just comes back to life. So thank you so much again, Sarah, for joining us. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Finding Fertility. A few more things before you go. If you're loving this podcast, or even if you have a suggestion, give us a rating and a review down below on iTunes. It greatly helps out the podcast. You'll find ways to connect with myself and Sarah down in the show notes. That's it for me today. I hope you have a wonderful Friday, a fab weekend, and we will see you next Tuesday for another Closer Today clip.